Digital marketing in 2021 is so complicated. We created our Launching Simplified podcast to help entrepreneurs take their ideas and make them real businesses. We hope to inspire you that a simplified launch is possible. Behind every launch, there are often people who are helping make it happen. Employees, friends, coaches, relatives, and experts on the sidelines who make a launch the best it can be. Jane Singer is an independent strategic marketing expert. She helps people grow their businesses and strategically move forward. And she's a friend of mine. I've known her forever, almost since I was three years old. So welcome, Jane. Thank you, Kirsten. Can you tell me a little bit about your background and how you got started in your business and what led to the work you were doing now? Sure. I started in advertising a long time ago at Gray Advertising, and I didn't know anything about advertising or business, uh, but I was lucky to get a job in new business development. And my boss, who the boss who hired me, told me, if you give me two years, I'll give you a career. And in fact, he did, because in two years, I always said I didn't know I wouldn't be able to go home practically for two years. <laughs> but in two years, I really learned a lot and uh, got started and then went through a series of advertising agencies, all on the job training. This is after Mad Men, but before social media, so <laughs> in, the, in a different era than we have now. And uh, advertising at that time really served many functions as consultants do today in strategic planning for their clients, especially around their business objectives and obviously their selling objectives, but their strategic objectives with respect to the consumer. What is the story you want to tell about your brand? How do you want to tell it? Who do you want to tell it to? And why are they going to buy it? Anyway, I learned, I went through many advertising agencies and eventually became an independent consultant. But the work that I did in agencies, which was really, while it was advertising-based, communications-based and brand-based, it also had a lot of problem-solving skills and strategic insight skills and consulting skills. That's It's so interesting because even though we live, it's so different now in terms of social media and how that's really changed the landscape of marketing, the, this this basic overall strategy is still the same fundamentals as yes. when you got the started. The basics are identical. And you and always I, have to stick at the basic. Who are you? What are you selling? Why does Who are you selling it to? And why does somebody want to buy it? Why is yours I, better than theirs? Yes. And I think sometimes people get, there's there's so much, they get so overwhelmed with kind of social media and doing their website and doing Instagram and doing Facebook that they forget those fundamentals message that they need to kind of build in their brand. Exactly. You have to stand for something. Yes. I always say a brand is a promise kept. Wow. That means that a brand is one thing. It stands for something, whether that's an image, whether it's a certain product ingredient, it's something that's a truth about what it is that you're selling. And if you have a good brand, the consumer knows what you're selling. And they know that if they buy it, they're going to be satisfied. And then they're going to remember that they bought it and they can buy it again. <laughs> so it's something that's, that you've promised the consumer that they're going to have a certain kind of experience or a certain kind of taste or a certain kind of feeling. And by buying that brand, you're going to get that feeling again and again and again consistently. It's, the brand should always stand for the same thing that it does every time. Okay. 
But okay. a brand is a promise kept. It, it tells the consumer who you are, and it reminds the consumer that you're always going to be who you are. Interesting. So true. Can you share with me a project that didn't go as expected and why? I love uh, telling stories that help people learn from what, what we our experiences. I, I can. I can. There's, there's one comes to mind. I was doing a consulting project for a very, very large apparel company, which had a heritage brand. That means it was a brand from a long time ago called Vanity Fair that was an intimate apparel brand, basically ladies' right. underwear, women's underwear, and sleepwear and things like that. And I did a lot of research. I worked for the company over the years. I did a lot of research. I learned. And the project was to try to position this brand of Vanity Fair and break it out of very similar competing brands. At the time, there were about five brands. I described it to the company and they understood that these brands were all in a clump. The other brands were Alga, Warner's. I'm trying to remember. There were about five of them. Maiden Form. They basically all were the same and consumers right. didn't differentiate between one another. So doing a lot of research and trying to figure out how we could break this brand, Vanity Fair, out of its clump of very same competitors, we came up with the strategy that this underwear should be positioned as something that was sexy that you wore every day. And this, the code name was Everyday Sexy. And it would make it a little bit different than what was there without going into too much how you got there. But basically, we came up with this position after talking to hundreds and hundreds of consumers and doing lots of research and exploring the create, creative path that would deliver on this promise that you could feel, wear this and be comfortable for every day, but still feel sexy in it. Because women had sort of nice. separate underwear wardrobes, we found. Anyway, we presented it to the client. And the client said, absolutely not. We cannot. It was an old company, Southern <laughs> Roots. Absolutely not. We cannot say sexy. Okay. And we said, but, you know, sexy is kind of the word that triggers. Not necessarily that sexy would be used in the advertising, but sexy is the way the women themselves, whom we interviewed, hundreds of them, talked about their underwear. This one makes me feel sexy. You know, that one is just plain every day. <laughs> We were trying to combine these two ideas. Anyway, the client said, no, we, can't, we will not say sexy and under any circumstances. And, and the, the, the lead client, who was the head of the company, said to me, you know, Jane, only one person came down from the mountains with the tablets. Uh, he meant Moses. Oh, okay. And, you, you know, you, you just can't tell people what to do. So, oh. you know, it was the, it, all that work was kind of lost. It right. just you had to go back to the drawing board because the the company absolutely couldn't shift gears. Well, it wasn't that they couldn't shift shift gears; they couldn't accept that this old line, basically white bread company, with long roots in as a milling company in the South, could embrace the idea of the the term sexy. They just couldn't do it. It wasn't in their culture. And one of the lessons in that is you really have to understand the culture of a company when you're trying to help them. Wow. And if you need to change that culture, that's very, very, very difficult to do. And it takes a lot of work and it would be a different kind of work, but you can't convince them to do something they don't want to do. That's so Even if it's the right thing for their business. 
the idea of product differentiation of making yourself stand stand out from the pack is also such an interesting idea that I think is a good takeaway for people listening to. Well, yes, you have to always, you have to have, a, a, you have to be different or better some way. <laughs> yes. And there are many ways to do that, but that could be for a whole other podcast. Yeah. So can you share with me a project that was a success and what made it a success? Yes, I can. It's almost the, the inverse of what we just talked about. For many, many years, I worked with Kmart, whom everybody knows. And at the time I worked for them, they were transitioning from really like an old, dingy place to a better place. Not such a good place anymore. But at the time, they were a $50 billion retailer, and they were the number two retailer in the world. And, you know, they had a pretty bad image, and they were trying to change that image. And they were especially trying to do that through an apparel offering. One of the issues we found working with them is that they really didn't understand their customer. Two things. One, they didn't, under, they didn't understand their customer. They didn't identify their core customer correctly. And there was also a lack of respect on the part of management for the customer. So we came up with an idea that was visualized of who their customer was. And we named her Busy Budget Conscious Mom. <laughs> Busy Budget Conscious Mom. And tried to bring her to life within the organization so that the people, the merchants, the people who were buying the stuff that would go in the store, the people who were interfacing with the customer at every juncture would get to know that this is the person they're focusing on. She's a woman, not a man, because they had a lot of men in the store that they, a lot of men dominated right. the business. And they like to talk to other men and think they wanted to buy lawnmowers. But really, the bulk of the purchases were being made by women. Wow. And the woman and four women and the family. And this woman was, she was very busy. Most often she had a job. She had childcare. And she had how to watch her pennies. She wasn't poor, but she was budget conscious. And wow. there was nothing degrading about that. The people at Kmart, many of them really looked down on their customer until we refreshed who she was and brought her to life within the organization. And that led to a whole series of changes in how they thought about their business, their customer, and what and the story they wanted to tell and what they wanted to sell and how they wanted to sell it. So interesting. That's fascinating. I know you write for the Robin Report. Can you tell me a little bit about the Robin Report and how you started writing for them? I can. The Robin Report is the premier newsletter, publication, multi-platform report that goes to the retail and apparel and related industries. And it was started by Robin Lewis, who was both a client and, became, and a friend and a colleague for many years. And when he first started developing the concept of the Robin Report, I helped him develop the concept. And then I be, decided I could... I could do some writing for them. And they said, great, we'd love to have you. And that began quite some time ago. I you know more, more than 10 years ago. And I basically started to write about things I knew about, things I were interested in, things I was interested in, brands I was interested in, things that could deliver an insight to the industry that would help them with their business. So that's been a successful part partnership for me for many years now. Oh, good. Well, people can, I'll put it in the show notes. Robin Report, so people can, can they can see your yeah writing they can go to the Robin you. Report and they can subscribe 
and they can it's a very there's a it comes out every day there's an article and there are all kinds of uh, what what they say i'm reading it it delivers provocative unbiased analysis on retail brands and consumer products and covers industry-wide issues trends and consumer behavior throughout the retail related industry so for me it was kind of right up my alley and it gives me the opportunity to write about and explore things i'm interested in that can also provide insights to people who read the robin report two articles that i did that I, things i was particularly interested in was one was about the whitney museum of american art i was so impressed with it when it opened and i looked at it to understand what i what retailers could learn about the whitney it also gave me a chance to research all about the area and the high line and learn so much about how art and retail following art shifted from soho into the meatpacking district wow uh, so it was very interesting for me and i think the readers ret- could learn something there were a lot of lessons i could find in how this beautiful beautiful building displayed its art that was relevant to retail people stores wow. another article i wrote that was fun for me to write because i didn't know that much about it was about eataly the food retailer which is down also near chelsea in new york city and when i went there to look for something i was just struck with it and it gave me an opportunity to learn so much about what went into the development of eataly the slow food movement and how it became a place that is really like not like any other food emporium so i was out of my comfort zone meaning i'm not a foodie and i don't even cook but it was i am a shopper and i am a retail kind of expert so that was a lot of fun to write about and i think the article i feel very proud of that article and i think people enjoyed reading it and learned something from it well, that's great i think the idea of creating original content written or or video or audio is so important for entrepreneurs so that you just generate ideas and there's it it's a little more long lasting. Your article is a little more long lasting than, you know, Instagram or it's Facebook, you know, it's, you, it's searchable by Google. And so that's great that we can all learn from your experience that you have those there. So I wouldn't know how to put this on Instagram. I do go on Instagram, but not professionally. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's funny. I w- well. <laughs> but that's something I could learn from you. Yeah, that is true. We have a whole Instagram course. I'll send it to you. <laughs> I'll put it in the show notes. Anything else you want to share about marketing or what you've learned over the years for new entrepreneurs? Well, I think you always have to stay focused on what it is, what is your objective and yes. how are you going to achieve the objective? It's pretty simple. You just have to stay focused. I, I speak to so many people who are all over the lot and maybe want to do a lot of different things and maybe have the talent to do a lot of different things, but in each thing they undertake, you got to stay focused on what it is you want to accomplish. What do you want to do? How are you going to do it? And how are you going to get there? Uh, it's kind of basic. Thank you so much. And can you please tell me your website and how people can find you? Sure, Kirsten. It's janesingerconsulting.com. Thank you so much. To get future episodes, click subscribe. And if you need help building your brand and launching your dream business, visit clickbranding.com to grab our free trainings.